What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 55 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or just hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter and TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new, new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is January 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. Louis, when we talked earlier this week, you mentioned that you have had a long day and that you were excited to get to sit back, relax, and do some podcasting to decompress. And I find myself <laughs> on that same boat today. It's been a long day. I'm tired. Um, I was a little bit stressed through certain parts of the day, so it's nice to be able to just kind of chill out and talk about video games looking forward to it you know it's kind of funny uh, that that explains why you asked how my day was before we started pre uh, when we were uh, pre-gaming <laughs> for this podcast so that's true damn that's that's crazy i'm sorry man i know i know about what it's like and uh yeah this is kind of therapeutic at, at times when you need it the most 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so um well let's go ahead and get to some house housekeeping here so number one i just want to plug uh joel's twitch account uh twitch.tv slash joel bby uh that was his former twitter handle before he changed it to was but uh our theme our theme song uh, composer for the ready uh, play network is uh, uh is now taking up the twitch game and he's really good he's got a badass logo that his friend made for him and he's got a cool little layout he has been making songs and he finally learned how to archive his videos and he can actually see it for like 14 days on a vod where his first like two or three streams had no vods at all so i guess mm -hmm. he, fi he finally went to the settings to enable it and all i gotta say is i'm glad i was there to watch it live in his first couple of streams because he's been making several songs like live on twitch and um it was really cool to see some of the songs come together and how he makes, you know, every individual track and layer them together. And he just comes up with riffs. Oh, he had some really good, like, riffs that just happened on this last Twitch stream that just happened. And I am just, like, just floored by how cool and how awesome it is. His songs are so good. Like, ah, damn. I just Lewis, wanna, I just isn't, it, isn't it nice to have talents? Right. It's like I, I, I me and you, we go on when we go on Twitch, we go there and we and we play some games and, and we try to be funny and fail at it. And it's it's so refreshing to see people with actual talent doing things on Twitch. Um, so can you say his uh, his handle again? Because I want to go yes. and follow him right now. Yes. Uh, Twitch TV slash Joel BBY. J-O-E-L-B-B-Y. Cool. Awesome. Let's all go follow him, folks. Yeah, so uh, he made some pretty good jams. Uh, if you have, if you're watching the, there's a vod he had on on one twenty seven. There was a vod that it starts off with a song with that he had just made the stream before. Really good song. And then he had it like thirty minutes later. He put on another really good song, and I'm like, damn, he he he's got some. He's he works on some lyrics, but otherwise he may, he could even release those songs without lyrics and they work. Uh, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, so next up here is the, a more some more Ready Play Network stuff here that just happened. Uh, uh, RPM cross RPP uh, because Dan co-hosted uh, Ready Play Movies. So how did you uh, how did you what did you think of the experience? It was a lot of fun. I had a good time. It was nice to uh, be able to do this, but talking about something else that's not uh, games. You know, it's not like uh, games are my only hobby and, and only way I consume entertainment. So it was kind of cool to be able to shout out some. Uh, some movies that I've been watching, some anime I've been watching, TV shows, etc. It was it was a good time. 
Yeah, that was really awesome. I think you you did a really kick-ass job. You really brought your A game. And uh, of course, we're going to have you on at some point in the future. We don't know when, but we will definitely have you back on. And uh, it's really it's really awesome that uh, I got to flex what I felt was my expertise in movies as well at these past couple of episodes. <laughs> just saying. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> Except that it's not humble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just wanted to start this one off here talking about the fact that I actually played something. Um, now, granted, it's nothing new because, Dan, you've been playing it for the past couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. I actually started Ori in the Blind Forest uh, for our upcoming spoiler cast. And I just got to say that visually it holds up really well and it looks really awesome on the Xbox Series X and everything, all that good stuff. Oh, my God, it's just amazing, right? But the thing mm-hmm. is, I got to say that um, having played the sequel uh, going back, it's not as good. I don't like. Interesting. Uh, not to say that the game isn't good. I actually, um, I actually felt that that same feeling when I first first played the game. When I played the demo before the game was out, was uh, I felt myself becoming hypnotized and like in this trance and in this zone when I was playing the game. I love the game. Oh my god, it's so amazing. But also at the same time, the combat isn't as good as the sequel. Like having played mm-hmm. the sequel and having more sh- more shit at your disposal, and like this is just like very button mashy. Just like oh, let me yeah. just mash X to like you know to fight these enemies and stuff like that. And granted, there's going to be more upgrades that happens later on, but for now, it's just very basic. Um, and the the sequel definitely did refine a lot of things. And there's a um, yeah, I just got to say that the the saving system was uh, was a bit whack uh, compared to what happened in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, like I said, I guess, I guess the sequel is its own worst enemy because having played the sequel already and it's more recent in my mind, um, for me, like the game, it's almost, it almost diminishes the game, but I also know for a fact that the game is just balls as well. So, um, let, let me ask you yeah. something. If I had asked you a, a week ago, so before you started playing it again, if I had asked you which one was the best, what would you have responded? Like, what what was your favorite before you started actually replaying the, the first game? Yeah. And yeah. you think that now that's going to change as you go back and you replay it and you realize everything that they've evolved on? on yes. The, on the sequel? Like, honestly, like my rose tinted glasses did a were like, you know, really fogging my judgment there. Uh, but I will say that I think the first game has a better story. Interesting. Because one thing I was going to mention is that when we, and I was kind of leaving this for the spoiler cast, but I'm going to throw it in here since since we hit on the point, is that I'm actually, I don't know if I fully understand the story of the game. Um, and it's because there is a lot of, uh, not dialogue, but there's a lot of, uh, I guess, monologue, <laughs> like a, lo- a <laughs> lot of things that are said to you. And they use names and words that sometimes I don't, I haven't, like, they'll be, they'll be, talking about things before I've really put together who that is or what that means. Um, and then maybe I'll figure out what that means later. But then this, like, it's almost already kind of too late because, like, the story has already moved on to something else. And I have to admit, I, I'm pretty close to finishing the game now. And I don't really know if I understand, <laughs> like, the the point of the story. But it's like, to me, it's not... It's not as much a knock against the game because I feel like the game is really good nonetheless from a gameplay perspective, from a visual perspective. The game gets kind of hard after a while. I feel like um, it's now that I'm close to the end, it feels pretty hard. I actually, uh, I went through since last week, I went through another escape sequence that was 
freaking hell and and like took me like a really long time to get through yeah um so i the game has gotten more difficult but it's still really fun each new ability that i get i think makes the game better and makes it cooler to traverse and and adds all these new uh dynamics to it but i have to say in terms of story i'm just like i don't really know if i get it um i'm very confused about what the overall message is supposed to be um feel like the story does come together at the end because there's a big reveal like both games do it or like there's mm-hmm. a there's a, like a climactic reveal that happens that recontextualizes everything um but yeah no i i yeah i don't know what to tell you other than like i just uh the, the warm fuzzies are, are definitely there I feel, I feel like it's gonna be mm-hmm. bringing it i don't even know how i'm gonna be playing this game actually for my second go around because i haven't i only played the game once uh back in like 2015 i earned like 70 percent of the achievements and um i was thinking of, i was looking at what the achievements that i didn't get and like one of the achievements was uh beat the game in under three hours and i'm like holy crap and then how is that even possible <laughs> another achievement is beat the whole game without dying and i'm like wow. holy crap and then no. I went to the leaderboard, and I actually found that there was somebody who completed the game in, in an hour, and like wow. with a with a full completion rate and like three deaths. And then one of somebody else beat the game in like a little over an hour with zero deaths. And I'm like, damn. So um, interesting. I, I I would honestly like I'm probably like just gonna like try to go for an achievement hunting situation because if I'm gonna play the game a second time, you know, I might as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, it's not like I can spoil it for myself anyways. Um, and I have all the cutscenes unlocked as well. Uh, if you go to the menu, you can actually, like, replay your, the cutscenes. Um, and actually, what's, I wanted to give a shout-out to, the, or an anti-shout-out to that, is because I played the game on my Xbox Series X, and um, playing the game, I got to, like, my second or f- either my first or second major cutscene. And uh, the, the, the game during the, during the, the cutscene, my game glitched out in two specific moments where like the screen hmm. just went solid blue for like a split second before resuming the cutscene. That's so interesting. And I I'm didn't like, see anything like that. Yeah, that, that didn't even happen on my first go round that I recalled. Um, and so I went back to the main menu and I played the exact same cutscene that I had, had just watched and it didn't give me that blue screen that like it looked like like Windows 95 blue screen or whatever. But yeah, that's really it's just a weird performance hiccup. Um, I was surprised that even happened, especially on, you know, next gen and everything, but it's, I, I know it's running on backwards compatibility, but yeah, it's weird. Well, interesting. I, uh, well, I continue to play Ori in the Blind Forest as well. I feel like I'm pretty close to the end, maybe have like at most like two hours to, to put in there, but, but we'll see. Um, the game has gotten hard, like I said, at this point. So I feel like I'm taking longer to go through certain sections just because I'm, I'm dying quite a bit, but I also started playing this other game that just became available on Xbox Game Pass recently. It's not the medium, <laughs> which I might actually check out between now and next week. But it's a little indie game called Don- Donut County. Uh, I'm pretty sure this game was made by just one person. It was available on mobile before, and I considered playing it on mobile many times. Uh, for how I know, I might even own it already, but for some reason, I just never uh, played it. And since it became available on Xbox Game Pass, I figured, let me just download this and see what it's like. And this game, Louis, I'm not sure if you've seen it or heard about it. It's this very simple indie game where you play as a hole, like a literal hole that somebody can fall on or fall through. And you basically just use the hole to swallow things within an environment. And for each thing that you swallow, the hole gets bigger, which allows you to swallow more things. 
I mean, supposed to be a little puzzly. So the idea is like you're kind of supposed to figure out which order you're supposed to like swallow things so that, you know, the hole gets big enough so that you can swallow literally a whole town. Um, it's just very silly um, and funny. And I've had a good time playing it so far. It's very chill. It's like one of those very relaxing games because it's not really hard and you're just kind of going through the motions, like doing this thing and seeing it happen. It's it's pretty funny uh, to just kind of get this hole to a big size and then just kind of go around swallowing people's houses or whatever. Um, and the the only piece of criticism that I have about it is that they alternate like levels, like gameplay levels with these little story segments and they just feel completely unnecessary. Like I don't need, I don't need a story for why I'm using this, uh, this hole to swallow things in a town. It doesn't really make any sense anyway. <laughs> um, so it, I, I don't necessarily buy the story part of it. I'm always just kind of skipping through it really fast to, uh, to, to get to the next level, but, uh, it's being interesting so far. It's a short game, so I might as well just uh, go through and finish it. Interesting. I think I see it. It's on switch on the mobile and it's game pass as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm playing it on Game Pass. Yeah, so I, I heard about this game last year, I think, because I think the developer uh, was featured on a kind of funny podcast, actually, of all places. And um, he talked about the game and plugged his game and stuff. And and I remember looking looking it up and I was like, OK, this is this is this looks kind of funny. Um, but I never really I never really played it until now. But yeah, just wanted to give it a shout out. It's on Game Pass. So Whoever has Game Pass can just try it for free. So I'll recommend everybody try it. Yeah, we're going to get into Game Game Pass here later on in the show, by the way. <laughs> oh, Foreshadowing. interesting. All right, my battle bus. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so uh, I just have a quick, uh, well, one quick update here just to throw out. We talked about the Terminator scan last week. Completely did not know this, but apparently when you were buying the Terminator skin, um, the little blurb says that it comes with a built-in emote uh, included. Now, uh, for, for the uninitiated, uh, certain skins do have a built-in emote included that's specific to that character. So you get an extra like emote slot that's you know tied to that character, and it's really cool. Um, some cool transformations, a lot of good stuff. Uh, so apparently, um, you have to buy the emote separate. And it's not a built-in emote. And so for those who bought the Terminator skin before the certain date, before they corrected the, the blurb, you can you are entitled to a full refund of that skin with no with no penalty against you. So just throwing that out there. I don't really care. I bought the I bought the emote separately because I saw it that I was supposed to buy it and I was like, I have to have that emote. And for you don't for if you don't know what that emote is, it's the one where he gives the thumbs up as he's being like, you know, drowned in the lava in Terminator two. Oh <laughs> so that's it's good. really cool. Uh, so he gives a thumbs up and his hands on fire and everything. So it's really cool. Uh, I even got the little pop-up and I'm like, why did they, you know, off, why were they offering me a refund? And I'm like, and I had to Google into what, what happened. Uh, a little mini controversy. I don't really think it's a controversy. I don't think anyone's making a big deal, big deal out of it online, but there's an update Lewis, for you. I got a little Fortnite update as well. Um, oh yeah. I think, you know, I, I remember that when we started the show, uh, was, I mean, we started Ready Press Play last year, you were still kind of new to Fortnite, right? Had you already been grabbed by it or not yet? I don't remember no, if it was I like... Was, I think I was more like uh, casually playing it because my nephew mm -hmm. wanted me to play, well, was part of his squad, but I was definitely like fighting against the skin game. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say that I'm wondering if this is the year where I'm going to be, I'm going to be grabbed as well because... 
after we recorded our last uh, or last episode, you had talked about the Predator skin. So the first thing I did after finishing editing the show and uh, submitting it and everything was that I went to my bedroom, laid in bed, and then turned on the turned on the game and went and tried to get the the Predator skin. And I actually did it. Um, it it wasn't as hard as I as I was expecting that it would be. The the first the first time I wasn't able the first time I tried I wasn't able to find the predator at all and then you know the the circle started closing in and I had to move ahead and I couldn't just like it's kind of hard to do things like that in Fortnite sometimes because you gotta like you're in the middle of a match still while doing it so yeah um so I had to just kind of keep going then the second time I think the second time I tried to do it um I was actually able to find predator and. Oh, no, wait, the, the second time I found him, but then some other player killed me. And then the third time I found him and I killed him and I got the skin. And I was pretty happy about that. It's a, it's a pretty neat skin. And then after that, you know, I've been playing it a little bit almost every day or every other day. And I'm currently a level 16 oh my in, gosh. The, in the in the battle pass, which I don't know if that's like garbage or if that's actually like kind of good. So um, I'm surprised by it. Uh, because it's the you know the first time that I've even bought a battle pass and I didn't really think that I was gonna do anything other than getting the Mandalorian skin, but mm. here am I. <laughs> What's it called? The first twenty thirty levels are easier to like level up, but as like you level up, it's more experience points to get to the mm -hmm. next level. But uh, yeah, that's pretty good considering how if you played so little, but you're already at level sixteen, that's really good. Um, mm -hmm. Also, just a recommendation: if you're gonna go for the you know predator skin, um, you have to do some extra predator challenges. Um, I didn't mention that, but. There are Predator-specific challenges where you have to play as Predator and do certain things in a match. And um, doing so will unlock extra stuff like the uh, the wraps, uh, which are the things that, like, like cost, uh, cosmetic wraps of your guns and your, you know, so it looks like a Predator gun and stuff like that. Um, there's also a uh, an emote that you have to unlock with those challenges where Predator takes off his masks and he, like, you know, you know, does that ugly face and shot, you know, <laughs> screams at you. So you should totally get that as well. Cool. Uh, my other thing here that I wanted to bring up was Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, I actually started playing Melee again uh, this week because there was an update that came out last week that I just finally got around to downloading. Um, for those that don't know, there's, there's a huge like Melee online scene going on and there was a mod to melee, which is not necessarily unheard of, but it's very few and far between. People generally tend not to mod melee unless it's just cosmetic stuff. But for the first time ever, melee got a new character and a new game mode, which is crazy. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so we got Wolf, you know, from Brawl and, and Smash Ultimate. Wolf has joined the roster in melee, and uh, he kind of plays a little a little bit like uh, like the Wolf of the Brawl and, and, uh, and PM and everything. But he... Um, he kind of sort of plays more like a Fox and Falco clone, I guess, because they were able to reuse the movesets or, you know, assets or that way instead. So it was a little bit of give and take, but I think he's really cool. I think Wolf is, is nice and um, don't really, I don't really have much to say on, on Wolf specifically. I was more excited for the game mode, but uh, along with Wolf, there's a game mode where you can play volleyball and uh, Smash <laughs> Volleyball is fun as hell. Like, damn. That's hilarious. I, um, first to 11 points wins, and uh, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a really fun game mode. It's too bad that it's only supports local. Um, I have seen people play it online, and I haven't quite figured it out. But when I try to play it online, it says this go this game mode is not supported online. So I'm like, but how are the pro players doing it? So I I don't know, but uh, I think it's more of like one of those things where you have to connect peer to peer instead of using the slippy uh, mod. But um, yeah, just wanted to say melee for the win. 
All right, sounds sounds good. I don't have a lot to add to that other than uh, I'm I'm always surprised by uh by your continuous ability to uh to find these updates to uh twenty year old <laughs> games. <laughs> um, I I understand you're in the scene and I'm just not, but it's like this is just the kind of thing that I wouldn't even hear about if I didn't have you in my life. So I appreciate you, Louis. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of like uh, a lot of cool YouTube videos of just really epic ass volleyball matches. Just gotta say. Uh, but yeah, I'll uh, have another melee update for you guys next week as well. But in the meantime, <laughs> let's go ahead and get onto the news. All right, so for the first story here, we have crazy shit shows happening here. Uh, like the president's involved, Congress is involved, and it's like, oh my God. Uh, GameStop. There's a huge uh, rigmarole happening here with GameStop. Gamesindustry.biz reports that GameStop stock up 135% in 24 hours. The Biden administration is, quote, monitoring the situation, close quote. Um, so it says here on the byline, was, uh, was written by James uh, Batchelor. Uh, I guess that's a, that's got to be a friend of the show by now. Uh, <laughs> roller coaster trading sets new high of $380 following, an hour, following after hours boost. So GameStop's share prices prices closed at $347.51, up 135% when compared to this time yesterday, following another day of heavy trading. The U.S. retailer stock has uh, reached a new record, a high of $380, $380 earlier today, but has since dropped to as the day wore on. In fact, it's 2% down on this morning's opening price. Uh, GameStop's uh, share closed last night at $147, but after hours trading tr uh, drove it up to $354. Let me interject here for a opened. second. I, I don't mean to interrupt your reading, but I just wanted to say that these numbers have you know changed constantly by the time people listen to this, they're going to be different already. Right now, they're different already, mm -hmm. um, but we're about to get into some more details about why the story is... Uh, is yes. interesting right but I think you know it was the like numbers 400 and something at one point today um, yeah the, the but... numbers have been floating all all the time so uh the u.s retail chain has seen the, its prices of a share approximately quadrupled over the past week as online investment companies such as wall street bets uh subreddit have taken advantage of an expe uh, expected decline for the company gamestop has had unusually high numbers of short sellers betting against the company as of late so much that uh, there were more short uh, shares on the market than there were actual outstanding shares of GameStop. Uh, with those short sellers uh, obligated to purchase the stock back, online industry watchers reasoned that they could, sh uh, they could buy shares en masse and drive the prices up, knowing that short sellers would eventually be buying it back as well, pushing the prices higher still. Uh, even SpaceX and Tesla CEO Elon Musk had been involved with a tweet linking the Wall Street Bets subreddit contributing to, uh, contributing to a 50% boost during the after hours trading yesterday. So basically, uh, long story short, the internet was trolling Wall Street. <laughs> so in addition to all this extra stuff, uh, the Robinhood app uh, earlier today, day of recording, uh, was blocking the purchase of GameStop stock. And this was also reported by gamesindustry.biz by Brendan Sinclair. Uh, basically, I just don't want to get read this article, but I will say that the long story short is uh, Robinhood like, was only le letting its users either hold or sell 
uh, stocks of GameStop and AMC and BlackBerry, um, as well as other um, stocks that are supposed to be being short-selled and stuff. Um, the article goes on to mention that AOC was uh, responding to it on Twitter, and I think AOC was doing a, like a Twitch stream earlier today, a day of recording, that she was going to talk about it. Um, it's crazy. You know, shit's crazy, and uh, there I have I have seen many uh, a uh, an opinions on this very subject matter. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to you, Dan. Uh, it's been very interesting to observe. In fact, I feel like this was already kind of starting in some way by the time we recorded our last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. But at that point, it hadn't blown up into this big story yet. It was just like, you know, there was there were some ramblings of things that were going on, but I wasn't sure the scale of it or how important it was. And then it was it was at $60 a share last week. And then since then, it's like become this huge thing. And, you know, it's funny. It's one of those things where I'm like, man, I really wish that I had bought some GameStop stock when it was $5 last year. Um, Because for a good portion last year, it was like 4 or $5 just so that I could sell it once it hit that 300 something (laughs) dollars per share and make thousands and thousands of dollars. Possibly Um, a millionaire, depending on how many yeah shares? exactly i i legit thought about that because you know i the, in the past i would have been there were times where i would have been in, in a position to uh with how cheap the shares are to potentially buy like you know like a uh, a thousand shares or something and if i bought a thousand shares then and then i I had sold them now it would have been almost like half a million dollars right and granted you know there's a there's a tax cut and everything but still um it would just have been a, a huge a huge amount so i i couldn't help but uh but think about that as I was seeing all of this. I know that it's not the, <laughs> that it's not necessarily a take on the news. But I, I just, I just kept thinking, man, had I only known, <laughs> I, uh, I could have made so much money on this. But that aside, um, here's what I think is interesting about this. As this whole thing was was happening, the truth is, I was very confused. I didn't really understand what was going on. How was this happening? And the more I researched it, I feel I feel like the more I struggled with uh, with with really understanding the uh, how this works, because I I'd heard about the concept of shorting before. Um, and I, I even watched the movie The Big Short. Um, that's a good subject for Ready Play movies, potentially that okay. came out a few years ago and it was about the um, the crash, like the the um, 2008 crash in the United States, the crash of the housing market and the people that profited off of the crash by you know, buying shorts and all that stuff. And I even watching that movie, uh, when it came out, I still didn't fully understand how it works. And the situation that has happening right now, finally, after, you know, doing enough research, and finding good, like four dummies kind of <laughs> explanations of these of the stuff, uh, I was finally able to really piece it together. Um, so the the best way that uh, the best way that I can describe uh, so that everybody understands in case other people, you know, because I'm assuming maybe other people listening are kind of like me too, or um, they didn't really understand how this works. Um, shorting is an advanced investing technique where you basically borrow shares at a certain price because you think they're going to uh, fall in, in price, drop in price, so that you can sell them for the current price, then buy them again at the at the... The lower price. At this lower price, and then give them back to whoever you borrowed it from. So from the person or the entity that you borrowed it from, it's like, well, they gave you maybe 100 shares. They got 100 shares back. But for you, maybe you got those 100 shares, sold them for 10 bucks a piece, and then bought them again for 5 bucks a piece, gave them back, and then you made that profit, right? So that's what shorting is. And they were effectively doing that with GameStop because the expectation was that GameStop stock was going to continue to fall. Um, and, and then basically all gamers are like, well, fuck you. 
let's uh, let's all get together because because sometimes gamers can get together on these weird causes, which is so interesting. And let's all buy GameStop stock so that we 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 send the the price all the way up. And and it's leading to all these companies and 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 people that that were doing this to be completely screwed over and run out of business and go bankrupt and etc. And for that matter, then they've they've been trying to get you know legal entities involved and and it's led to Robinhood and even other apps preventing people from you know buying GameStop stock. Um, but I mean, honestly, it's like shorting is a risk, right? Like you're taking a huge risk when you when you adopt that technique. So. All of that stuff was really happening within the the confinements of the law. So um, people should still be allowed to buy GameStop stock if they if they want to, right? The fact that people are losing money based on the stock going up that just means that they made a bad bet, really, right? Yeah. Well, that's why hedge hedge funds are like they got like this bad rap, but the uh, the fact of the matter is is that there's there's this. Uh, the the visual is like oh these are just some rich bigwig billionaires and stuff you know playing uh, fast and loose with with rules and regulations and laws and stuff and uh, it's kind of like kind of like painted against like this kind of like the elite versus like the common man mm-hmm. and so there's a situation where the the normal the normal people have the numbers right there's they have when they stand together in numbers they can sort of like move it like move like this tidal wave this like gigantic uh, behemoth that is the marketplace the, the the financial market and i've seen some takes where like there were uh people were saying that like uh you know like fuck the man and uh all that mm-hmm. stuff and it's like um what do I, how do i put it there's a lot of like double uh, a double standards that people are like pointing out as like oh it's okay for for like the 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 small illuminati rich people to do it but when uh, everyday people do this stuff suddenly now like you know the biden administration needs to look into this or monitor the situation or robin yeah. needs to like you know uh you know stop people from buying stocks and stuff like that or that's just there's a whole different can of worms i even seen somebody uh, compare uh the robin hood situation to putting normal people into a a a prisoner's dilemma Uh, for those that don't know like the prisoner's dilemma is when you have two people in a separate room and they have to like either confess or whatever and then like and if they both confess they both get screwed over that kind of thing Mm. um and so basically when you when you're in a prisoner's dilemma uh, if you could only sell or hold, you're going to uh, want to sell your stock because you're trying to get out because you think it's going to drive the prices down. And by selling your stock, yeah. you're also driving the prices down. A hundred percent. If I was in that position, I would I would have sold everything because I would have I would have worried that you know everyone with that, else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that is legitimately a real a, a prisoner's dilemma. It's like, is the are you guys all going to hold the line together, or are you guys all going to just be in it for yourselves? So, yeah. You know, I feel like I honestly really quick, though, just on that point. Still, I feel like when shit hits the fan, people think about themselves and their money and their family and, you know, their situation first. So I I would understand why. Like, I mean, I I know that there's people saying like, oh, everybody should hold. Everybody should hold. I don't think that's going to stick because, you know, ultimately the people that hold are probably going to end up being the ones to lose money um, now. No, man, I'm just there's just so many different like spinoff points from this from this one topic, by the way, this is this it was one of those topic of the show kind of caliber topics, but we don't have the the time or the bandwidth to like really get into the weeds here. Uh, But I will say that ultimately, in the end, uh, GameStop, the company isn't really going to benefit from this because this is just money changing hands from shares and owners and stuff. And it's not necessarily foot traffic and sales of like of used games here. So um, ultimately, this is an actual bubble that will pop. So. Yeah, exactly. At some point, that's the thing too, where it's like, 
when I saw the stock, it was like, I think it was at 150 uh, when I was following this more closely earlier this week. And at that point, I debated, like, I was like, I wonder, should I go and buy a bunch right now because this is going to keep going up? Um, or, but what is to say, like, it's it's still a gamble, right? At that point, it's like my gains are not going to be as big as if when I bought them at five bucks. And is it is it a worthy gamble? Because I don't know where this is going to be tomorrow, right? And, yeah. and it turned out that, you know, the, the day after and even the day after that, it has continued to go up. But then earlier today, it was already dropping like crazy at some point. Um, so we'll see. I'm not sure where it's at at this exact moment. Uh, but I agree with you where I, I feel like it's not going to take much longer before this completely pops and it's and it's back down to uh, to regular. Yeah. So basically, like the normal the normies are doing market manipulation and it's not OK for them to do it. It's only OK for rich people to do market manipulation, a.k.a. Robin Hood and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's exactly. crazy. That is. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of like a frowny, like a frowny emoji right now. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, uh, frown emojis, let's go ahead and get to the next sad story here. <laughs> uh this is um actually i'm gonna i actually pulled up the wrong article here i pulled up GameSpot's article let me pull up the insider.com article here uh this is uh, it says here on the title gaming star ninja sparked controversy with his statements on kids and racism it is not his first time in the hot seat and so this was all stemming from a GameSpot article. Actually, no, I take that back. GameSpot uh, paraphrased a, I believe it was a New York Times. Yeah, the New York yes. Times is. And then this is just a paraphrase of the paraphrase. So let's go ahead and get to the actual insider.com here. On Sunday, the New York Times posted a profile with gaming personality Tyler Blevins, better known as Ninja, discuss, uh, discussing the creator's rise to fame and internet celebrity. In the expletive-laden interview, the gaming superstar who has millions of followers across platforms said that his move to the now defunct streaming platform Mixer was smart and that uh, you shouldn't spend a lot of alone time with the woman in general if you're a married man and that he's very good at coming up with things that people don't think of. The internet is a bit more critical of Blevins uh, than most other content creators because of the heights of fame he reached. Uh, one quote in the article sparked outrage um, online centered around Blevins' feelings or feel centered around how Blevins feels about his underage audience. He quotes, uh, you want to know who your kid is? Uh, Blevins said in an interview, listen to him when he's playing video games, when he thinks you're not. Here's another thing. How does a white kid know he has white privilege, privilege if his parents never teach him or don't talk about racism? Continuing on the theme uh, of discussing racism with the audience, um, is it my job to have this conversation with the kid? No. Because the first thing that, that's going on in my head is the kid is doing this to, uh, on purpose to troll me. Um, after GameSpot aggregated the interview, the Twitter sphere uh, went wild with critical opinions on Blevins. Over 60,000 tweets went out after, uh, about the streamer over the course of the next three days, causing him to trend. YouTubers and streamers shared their take on the subject, some believing that the content creators have a responsibility to teach their audiences, while others think that responsibility lies with parents. So this uh, this article has a bunch of tweets here, and I'm not going to go ahead and read these tweets here, but um, that's pretty much the actual hot take is just the idea of, um, you know, 
is it what is it uh ninja's job to to basically be like gi joe and knowing is half the battle or is he just there to be an entertainer and he's taking the the stance that uh like no i'm i shouldn't be trying to sit people down and you know talk to them about this i'm here just to just to entertain and stuff and i've seen other tweets talk about like you know you're, you're an influencer therefore you should influence and uh it's kind of a whole different, uh, it's like kind of a whole can of worms that, you know, we've stumbled upon when it came to this, especially with, I don't know, internet celebrity. You know, I wonder what was the context in the interview, because um, I almost worry about how far I want to go down commenting on the story, although I, I will have some comments later on. But at first, I just want to say we don't have the full context uh, of the interview. And I, I almost wish that I read the, the full interview instead so that I could know kind of what particular subject sparked uh this conversation and these remarks and whether he was being asked about a specific situation that he was referring to um because it just kind of seems um I, 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 without the context i'm just not sure exactly what he was referring to if if there was a if he was referring to people that were saying racist remarks on his chat um against you know other people in the chat or if it's just like in general um or you know what he's exactly referring to there um, I, they uh, they actually linked the New York Times article in the actual article. So I actually went down the rabbit hole for you and I found the quotes. Oh, cool. All right, let's go for it here. It says here, they asked, the New York Times asked uh, Ninja, being watched live for hours a day after, uh, being watched live for hours day after day by tens of thousands of people while you're playing a video game is deeply new and also deeply unnatural activity. Uh, it must have some effect on a person's sense of self. How do you think it affects you? And to which he answers, streaming makes you so, uh, super self-conscious. You have to be the most sure person on the planet if you're going to get into this and not be completely torn apart. If I didn't have my wife and my family to talk to, everyone's like, don't listen to what people say. All right, but when you're reading, you suck expletive 20 times in a chat. It's going to get in your head. Like, for example, when we came back from Mixer, I knew I wasn't going to be the biggest streamer in terms of viewers anymore. You don't... Uh, you don't be the number one streamer, leave and come back and you're number one again. I get people coming in in my chat and you're like, you're falling off, LOL, good mixer move, man. The mixer move is smart. Don't, I don't regret anything um, I've done. I could teach all these kids talking expletive, but when you reply to them, you're, they're like, hey, said my name. Their name is 69, 69 Fart Sniffer. And you read their name and their, con their next comment after they roasted you is giggling like a little schoolgirl, like, you noticed me. It's the worst. And to which they asked, is that the kind of stuff, uh, is that kind of stuff just a part of gaming that you're resigned to your yourself? Could it be mitigated somehow? And to which he replies, I don't think it's gaming. I think it's internet culture. People are behind the screen. They say what they, uh, what, they say what they want and can get away with it. You have complete anonymity. Your information and data are precious and should remain private, but it sucks that there are kids who can say racist things and be incredibly aggressive and threatening to women online and have zero repercussions. It would be awesome if when someone said something threatening, threatening, you could be like, let me look up this dude's gamer tag on this website. If the law could do this, not a normal person, and then boom, it's Jimmy. He said it. Let's call his parents. But when it, uh, but it all comes down to parenting. You want to know who your kid is? Listen to him when he's playing a video game when he thinks you're not. He's a, here's another thing. How does a white kid know he has white privilege if his parents never teach him or don't talk about racism? If you're... Uh, if they're gaming and their first interaction with racism is with w one of their friends saying the N-word and they have no idea what it is, what if it, if it was on my stream? Is it my job to have this conversation with this kid? No, because 
the first thing that's going on my and uh, going on in my head, the kid is doing this on purpose to troll me. If someone says a racial slur on someone else's stream, it can uh, it can potentially get the streamer banned. It is awful, but that's the first thing I think of. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you know, especially now that I've you know gotten the the extra context to it, this actually validated what my original um, gut reaction and, and opinion on this was, which is that. I actually agree with him. Um, I think that educating um, educating a kid on you know the, the racism and all of these other subjects are mostly the role of the parents. I think if anything, it's also part, like the role of the the mentors and and the other people that are in their lives in in kind of like a like a parental sort of role, even potentially teachers and schools and um, and people like that. And although it is great when influencers use their platform to you know disseminate like i'm not the kind of person that has an issue when influencers bring politics into their stuff because you know they they have a platform they have people that that listen to them and if they want to use that to stand for something and to try to get the people that follow them to understand a new perspective and stand for something that they believe in i think that's totally understandable and i don't have a i don't have a problem with it but i also wouldn't say that they're required to do it or insinuate that it's their responsibility to do it Especially considering the context in which he was talking about this, where it's like, you when you're somebody that big, um, you're being watched by so many people at all all the time. There's all sorts of things going around in your chat. Like he can't really um, educate moderate. everybody, uh -huh. right? Like he can't really moderate everything. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, he probably has mods that he works with that will be you know banning people. And in many instances, that's the best he can do. And the other thing too is that I did see. Um, some tweets about this, I think, after or like on some other article that I was looking at after you brought this up to me earlier this week. And it sounds like there's a lot of people uh, in his defense saying that he actually does um, make a point to talk about these serious subjects with his audience uh, from time to time. And that just because of this kind of particular um, interview um, response where he says that you know, it's it's the parent's responsibility that people are acting as if he he's never done it and he would refuse to do it. And I don't think that's what he's saying. He's just saying that, you know, he has a lot going on and it's not always going to be his responsibility to educate every single racist person in his chat. And I <laughs> I, I understand, uh, especially considering the size of his, his audience. Yeah, I just I, I was reading some of these hot takes and stuff on Twitter, by the way, even before we went on the show. And I kind of sort of disagree. Like, I feel like there's just too many people out on Twitter who are just virtual virtue signaling. I mean, I think that's like it's very easy to have that stance and stuff like that. But with an audience that big, you really can't. Um, so I just think that I think from from what I was seeing is I think uh, from the outside looking in, I think, uh, you know, Ninja is pretty responsible with his platform um and i think that's really the best he can do i'm i'm not gonna say that he's i don't think he's like cult making a culture of like creating internet trolls in his fan base and stuff like that so yeah i mean i don't think i don't if i were in issues i wouldn't necessarily want to be like all right let's sit down and talk and talk real stuff you know i'm my job if i was that successful is to continue to be entertaining so that way i can continue to be successful um i don't think anyone wants to like want to get on a twitch stream just to be lectured to or something like that so 
bam. Yeah. Especially because the the other the other point there too is that you know maybe the percentage uh, of the audience that's actually you know doing trolley things is uh is very small. You know, let's say it's you know under five percent, right? Which with a big audience that might still be a lot of people. Uh, but do you really want to give the other ninety five percent of your audience who are already nice people and already know these things? Do you really want to be preaching to them <laughs> because of the five percent of trolls that are really just trying to cause trouble? I, in my in my mind, it's like just block them. You know, it's not it's not your job to uh, uh, to to make them a better people or anything like that. You know what I mean? You're, you're there. You're there to, to do your thing and to do your stream and, and to talk about the stuff that you're passionate about. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are passionate about social justice and that are passionate uh, about making to make content about that. And, and regardless of whether they're dedicated to that or if they're, you know, it's kind of their, their side gig, right? Like where they're, they're mostly doing um, maybe entertainment stuff, but they also like to to talk um, and educate people on those issues. Uh, that's great. That's a great thing. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but I also don't think that, you know, if, if, if Ninja wants to focus on his content instead uh, and doesn't necessarily feel like, like he has that responsibility, I totally understand that too. Um, so I feel like, I mean, I don't think this is uh, earned controversy, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Speaking of controversy, Xbox <laughs> was in the news uh, right after we taped uh, last week, which was we just missed it. But maybe it was for the, was for the better because uh, this is going to coming from the Xbox's uh, website, specifically news.xbox.com. Uh, they posted an update to their, their, their story here. So I'm going to go ahead and just give you the TLDR on the original story as is. Uh, before the update, uh, basically, uh, Xbox was going to be raising the prices of games with gold, uh, basically doubling it. So instead of paying uh, sixty dollars for uh, for twelve months, uh, they were going to do sixty dollars for six months, essentially doubling the price. Because if you wanted a year, you'd be paying one hundred and twenty dollars. Um, then they went ahead and, uh, there was a huge outrage machine. They tried to po get away with it and post it on a Friday, you know, late into the, to the IGN week, work week and everything. Um, but suddenly gamers revolted and I saw the huge thing on Twitter. And then later that day, they posted an update saying, quote, we messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming. And we failed to meet uh, the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience. For free-to-play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on Xbox. We are, hard, or we are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. If you are an Xbox Live Gold member already, you, you, uh, you stay at your current price for renewal. New and existing members can continue to, and continue to enjoy Xbox Live Gold for the same prices they pay. In the U.S., $9.99 for one month, $24.99 for three months, $39.99 for six, and $60 uh, for retail, 12 months. Thank you. So, yeah. Oh my God! I just uh, I can't believe it. But like I when I saw when I first saw this story, like uh, I was uh, I was sort of a bit of a panic and stuff. Because number one, my first thought was, man, Microsoft just handed themselves their own L. Um, but number two, like my my first panic option was to start like looking for like Amazon listings of like uh, uh, Xbox Live Gold, the twelve membership, the twelve month membership for sixty dollars, and buy it in bulk and stack it. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, all right, what if I were to convert this into like, uh, you know, Game Pass Ultimate and everything? Because apparently you can take your existing gold membership and if you have like, you know, 11 months left in your on your deal, you can actually convert it to 
Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate and no extra charge. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I rig the system? How can I play this game? <laughs> Didn't really quite work out that way because I still haven't played the game, but uh, still I'm very happy and, and it's very nice to know that um, Xbox reneged on it. Um, my favorite tweet that I saw was actually from friend of the show Fame. Uh, he said, um, he said, I, I, Phil Spencer saw that the minimum wage might be going up to fifteen dollars, and he said, "Bet." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's hilarious. Um, yeah, dude, a hundred and twenty dollars for Xbox Live Gold would uh, would have been a very bad deal, you know, for per, per year. Considering that, you know, we cover the, the games with gold every month in this podcast and most months they've been pretty weak. Uh, <laughs> I think they, they used to be better in the past, but now that Microsoft's focus has turned to Game Pass, then it would it would like make sense that maybe they're not working as hard and getting good deals for games with gold. You know, if they're if they're working with the developer in a way to distribute their games to their audience, they're probably going to prioritize adding that game to Game Pass instead. And I, I, I don't know what the difference is like for, for the different deals, but I assume that, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's not that different. You know, you're, you're negotiating with a developer to have access to a certain amount of licenses of their game to give to their audience and stuff. So I almost feel like Life Gold and, uh, or, um, Game Pass are are almost competing services at this point, and and Game Pass includes Life Gold. You know, Game Pass Ultimate includes Life Gold and and uh, access to all the Game Pass games and multiple platforms. I think that what this really means is that I think Microsoft wants to get rid of Xbox Life Gold. Like they don't want that service to be there anymore, but they probably still have a lot of people that are subscribing to it. So the, the the reasoning behind this move, in my opinion, was not really to get more money from people as far as like them, you know, continuing to subscribe to Xbox Live Gold. I think the idea was that people would cancel their Live Gold subscription and s sign up for Game Pass instead or upgrade to Game Pass instead because they would go, you know what, for this money, I might as well just get Game Pass. Um, so I don't know. It's it, it was like a weird move. And I, I, I feel like at some point they're going to have to cancel Xbox Live Gold and and kind of bring the bring the different services together uh in a different way cuz I, I feel like it's even kind of confusing uh to have mm. the different versions of the service they already have like different tiers of game pass too um yeah. maybe you can have like a, a super cheap tier of uh, of game pass which is just you know online play with um maybe a few of the games or something i don't know um but I, what else do you have anything else to say about this no, no, not at all. I think I was just more just memeing, memeing on this because, yeah, it was just like a big L and everyone was just like, you know, uh, blowing up on Twitter about their uh, their hot takes and stuff like that. And uh, I sort of mirror the, those sentiments as well. And like, I'm just, I was just more thinking about myself and how I was, how I was going to finagle my way into this system and stuff like that. Um, I was already planning on getting Game Pass. Uh, I still haven't yet, uh, but I want to. I, I only want to get Game Pass in a, such a way where I feel like I'm coming out ahead because right. I thought about the whole $1 thing and it's like it's like $1 and it's, you know, they don't even charge you until like the third month until like the the regular price. So it's like you're getting Game Pass for like two months in a row, but for a dollar. But because I already have Game, uh, um, I already have uh, Xbox Live Gold or whatever. And I don't know how I was going to like convert that or merge the two or whatever. And yeah. And Anyways. the other thing I, I want to make sure we, we highlight here is that they didn't just go back on the on the price increase, but they also added that, uh, and, and you read this, but I just want to reiterate that for free-to-play games, you will no longer need Xbox Live Gold membership to play it. Yep. Uh, and I and I think that's also kind of, well, number one, I thought that was already the case. Um, nope. So 
it, it kind of surprised me. I was like, I was kind of like, oh, so before you couldn't do that? Like, so like if you downloaded like Fortnite, Fortnite. on your Xbox, you needed gold to uh, to play it. That's weird. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is like that it's an, uh, it, it's that gives people a reason to not even be on gold anymore. You know, if I, I think most of the people out there that are playing online games on their Xboxes, I feel like they're mostly playing free-to-play games. They're probably playing Fortnite. They're playing Warzone. They're playing other games like that. Apex. So, you know, the the new Halo Infinite multiplayer, they already announced that that's going to be free as well. Um, so I almost feel like that's that's them trying to get people to to cancel their live gold subscriptions and, and transfer to put their money on Game Pass instead. So in this weird backwards way, I almost feel like Microsoft is kind of like, they're trying to kill the service really it's is it, it people are, are looking at it from like the greedy perspective and i feel like it's not as much the greedy perspective as it's more like they're trying to find a way to kill the service without killing the service um Dan, and you're playing 40 chess yeah it's and it's kind of weird and then the other thing too is um i wonder if this was a test as well that, that that's the other take where it's like maybe they did this to to see how people would react to that price increase um and then and then gauge based on the response of what they were gonna do with uh, with Game Pass because Game Pass is not gonna stay the same price forever. You know, they're I I, I would doubt that they're profiting from it right now. Um, I know they have millions of subscribers, but they must be putting so much money um, towards all these studios, all the all the uh, the first party games that they're developing now. Uh, the fact that they're getting all these deals with games like Control just gonna be available on Game Pass for all platforms like. This stuff is expensive, and I don't really know. Like, I would be surprised if they're actually profiting from it. So I could see that they will need to raise the prices of Game Pass eventually or soon. And I wonder if this was maybe a precursor to that, um, where they wanted to kind of gauge the the response. Hmm. Yeah, I can. I'm gonna see a situation where, like, maybe between now and next year, get, uh, Xbox Live Gold will be seventy dollars a year. I bet they're gonna they're gonna come back with us and be like, okay, all right. I mean, the prices um, hasn't deal. the prices <laughs> hasn't changed for it in a, in a really long time. Um, it's been like ten years since they changed the prices. So an adjustment for inflation would have made sense. I feel like that there would not be as much of an outrage if it was like, oh, this is going up ten dollars a year or something. Is the fact that they double the price? That was a, <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna increase their price for PlayStation or Xbox? And the other thing too, I know that we already talked about this long enough, but I, I just wanted to throw one more thing here, which is that. There's something really weird about Microsoft and Xbox specifically, which is the fact that they make these decisions that you would think are such a big deal decision that has to go through so many people. And then they're able to just kind of cancel them like in a day. And I know a lot of people like to praise them for that. And I understand the praise of like, oh, they listen to the feedback. They're going back on it. And I understand that. But I've, to me, that always points out to just a fail, a failure in decision making. Like if you were able to... if. If, if you were able to just kind of get rid of the decision altogether within 24 hours, um, why did you even make that decision to begin with? Like, what was the reason for it? Because if there was a reason for it, you wouldn't have just gone back on it that easily. And I felt that way about so much of the stuff with the Xbox One generation. It's like, you know, it's it, it, if you uh, if you tell somebody like, oh, yeah, I'm decided I'm going to do this thing. And then and then they say like, oh, really? No, you shouldn't. And then you immediately change your mind like that says something about you. And I feel like that says something about Xbox's leadership sometimes. And it was, it was worse before than it is now. But it's <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of iffy. All right. My prediction is that uh, Microsoft goes first. They will be the first to raise it. PlayStation will hold. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. All right. 
so the uh, next story up is uh, comes from comes from Polygon.com. Report Diablo 2 remake in development at reorganized Blizzard. Uh, Bloomberg says Activision consolidates control following Warcraft 3 reforged botch job. Uh, this was written by Owen Good. A remake of 2000's Diablo 2 has been in development, though the team now working on it is uh, the former Activision subsidiary Vicarious Visions, which is now part of Blizzard Entertainment, Bloomberg reported this weekend. The intrigue in Bloomberg's report is twofold. First, that the Diablo 2 remake is in the works. And second, that the ramshackle launch of Warcraft 3 Reforged a year ago may have played a role in the corporate leadership taking the remake called Diablo 2 Resurrected from Blizzard's hands. Blizzard's Team 1 has been responsible for the Diablo 2 remake, but after an internal post-launch analysis of Warcraft 3 Reforged, Activision Blizzard took that project away from Team 1. Uh, last week, Albany-based Vicarious Visions was merged into the development uh, operations of Irvine, California-based Blizzard. So let's go ahead and stop it there. Um, that's actually kind of hilarious. But also, it's I, I believe it. I'm 100% buying this report. Um not a big, not very big on Diablo though, so I don't really have much to say other than uh, I like the tea, so I like to sip tea. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm kind of on the same boat. I actually never really played um, any of the Diablo games, but I think the this is kind of a, a continuation to another story from from a little bit earlier about the Vicarious Vision team being merged uh, to Blizzard, and I feel like that was actually the part of the story that more people had something to say about because Vicarious Vision has had a record of some really good games recently with uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remake that came out last year, and the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy from a few years prior. And I, I saw a lot of people that were upset over them getting merged uh, to, to Blizzard because that effectively means that we are not going to see more of these types of uh, projects from them anymore. I mean, we're we're both not going to see some new game or new IP or, or new game in an existing franchise from them. We're also not going to see a remake of anything that's not, you know, a, a, a Blizzard property like Diablo or Warcraft. Mm. So a lot of well, people were sucks. disappointed by that because it's kind of like, I guess for for people that are not looking forward to those specific remakes, it's, it's, they're probably seeing it as a bit of a waste of talent, right? So I don't know if you'd see it that way or not. Yeah, like we're not going to get like a new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game, like Tony yeah. Hawk's Pro, Pro Skater 6 made by Vicarious Visions. So Exactly. Yeah, because it would have been cool to see that. So in that sense, it's a little bit disappointing. Uh, but in the other sense, you know, like I know there's plenty of people out there where Diablo 2 is one of their favorite games of all time. You know, that that is really one of those big influential PC games off the, was it from the 90s? I actually can't remember right now. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. But um, so 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 it, it might be nice to uh to see a, a nice uh from the ground up remake from from that studio. It is a very talented studio. So yeah. Okay. All right. Next up here is uh, Microsoft patent shows uh, plans to revive dead loved ones as chatbots. Uh, this run this comes from the Independent. Um, the the patent also mentions using two D or three D models of specific people. Written by Adam Smith, um, Microsoft has been granted a patent that would allow the company to make a chatbot using the personal information of deceased people. The patent describes creating a bot based on images, voice data, social media posts, electronic messages, and more personal information. Uh, the specific person who the chatbot represents may correspond to a past or present entity or a version 
version thereof, such as a friend, a relative, an acquaintance, a celebrity, a fictional character, a historical figure, a random entity, etc. It goes on to say, the specific person may also correspond to oneself, uh, I, um, like the user uh, creating slash training the chatbot. Microsoft also describes uh, implying that living users could train a digital replacement in the event of their death. Microsoft has even included the notion of 2D or 3D uh, models of specific people being generated via images and depth information or video data. The idea that you, uh, you would be able in the future to speak to a simulation of someone who has passed on is not new. It, famous, it is famously the plot of the Black Mirror episode, Be Right Back, where a young woman uses a, uh, a service to scrape uh, data from her deceased partner to create a chatbot and eventually a robot. In October 2020, Kanye West bought Kim Kardashian West a hologram of her late father, Robert Kardashian, to celebrate her 40th birthday, further cementing the idea of digital representations of the dead that can uh, more authentically communicate with the living. So the, the hologram spoke for about three minutes, directly addressing the Kardashians and her decision to become a lawyer and carry on my legacy. Wow. Uh, when yeah. I first when I first heard this story, I thought of Black Mirror, by the way. I was like, I remember watching <laughs> that episode. Yeah, crazy stuff. I mean, I, I don't really, I didn't really necessarily have a lot to add to it other than I saw this and I was like, okay, we're throwing this in the show because this is some crazy shit. <laughs> um, I, I don't necessarily know like how relevant it is to... Uh, to the world of games perhaps but because you know microsoft is involved and um they would have a lot of data from people uh with xbox it, it reminded me of like those old like connect stories about how like connect was listening to you and everything <laughs> um and i just thought it was like it, this is like crazy uh conspiracy theory fuel um and dude i just i don't how do you feel about this like if they did actually did something like that i'm not gonna lie i would probably be that user who's making a digital copy of myself like if I could have them like mimic my my facial expressions, like the three D model, just mm -hmm. animating, or like my my voice intonations and everything, my 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 pattern of speech, and I can one hundred percent do it and have it like you know have a figure out a way to be lazy and have it do the podcast for me. That's the funny thing is that I, I could see myself being a user in that sense as well, where I'm creating a version of myself, but I would not want to use it to communicate with anybody because I find that creepy as shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. That's uh, that's interesting stuff. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, with that uh, that Black Mirror episode really kind of like uh, creeped me out about that as well because like that robot was straight up like uh, one hundred percent like a perfect like replica of of the guy. But it's like, but it had no soul. You know, mm -hmm. I guess is how to how to explain it. Uh, so much so that the, the 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 grieving girlfriend just decided to like leave it in the attic and then lets it. And then the 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 robot just sat there. You know, like not really doing anything, just idling. And I'm like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> uh, for spoilers, I guess. Um, I actually next... saw that one episode. I haven't seen a lot of Black Mirror episodes, but I did watch that one episode as well. Yeah. All right. Next one up here on the on the on the dock here is some extra news. So we got a couple of things here. Number one, uh, Ninja Theory shuts down Bleeding Edge. Number two, actress uh, Jeanette Moss, most recently known for the role in Resident Evil Village, dies at 39. Number three, Tesla's new car can run The Witcher 3 on their 10 teraflop gaming rigs. 
Number four, a Tomb Raider anime series is in development at Netflix and will be set after the events of Crystal Dynamics' most recent trilogy of games. Number five, Kevin Hart has officially joined the cast of the Borderlands movie as well as Kate Blanchett. Number six, Electronic Arts announced the creation of Full Circle, a new studio that will be dedicated to the skate franchise. Number seven, Tencent has added a don't nod to its increasingly lengthy list of game developer investments. And number eight, Valve co-founder and president Gabe Newell has talked about Valve's exploration of brain-computer interfaces, uh, BCIs, for gaming and beyond in an interview with New Zealand's number, uh, New Zealand's One News v- and uh yeah that's that's quite a mouthful uh just gotta say dan anything you wanted to comment on any of these stories well we're continuing to see sci-fi like updates like the one uh, like the one we're just talking about happening uh surrounding games with the with the game newest story um and uh i just wanted to clarify that for the bleeding edge so despite the fact that the headline says that they're not actually shutting down the game they're just going to step uh stop developing and, and adding new updates for it so you're still going to be able to play the game um and but... it's on game pass yeah, but there, but there won't be anything new, and and they will likely shut down the servers once there are no more players. You know, that's just kind of the first step towards that direction. But um, you might still be able to play the game online for you know a year or two before they actually shut it down, is my guess. Um, but yeah, it was that was a weird project for Ninja Theory, dude. I remember when they announced that, I was like, oh really? Is that what uh, what you're gonna have Ninja Theory do? Um, <laughs> and obviously they're they're working on Hellblade two now. Um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting. Oh stuff. yeah, that that one too. Yeah. Man, they're just, they must have like four different teams at Ninja Theory or something like that. But yeah, I think this was a situation where I think they were working on this game before X, before Microsoft bought them out. So um, they just sort of finished that project, I guess. And I, and it really, it, I think it's like a situation where that game just, um, be, you know, games like Overwatch really kind of like, it's really hard to break into that, that's mm-hmm. that crowd. So it's kind of, uh, I've seen a take uh, here on, on, I'm going to just go ahead and, and pair it like, um, yeah, fame from level one gaming on his podcast when he said that you have to be on every platform you have to be uh cross play in order to be successful now so yeah yeah true and free to play which i don't know if that game was free to play as well yeah well at least if you have a at least if you have a game pass uh but my other my only other thing that i wanted to say is uh cool tomb raider just had their 25th anniversary uh you know more stuff i'm gonna definitely probably watch it uh the, the netflix series don't really have much to say other than that's Kevin Hart, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> I saw I saw the little picture of who the character he was cast as, and uh, he looked pretty close. Cool. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, get on to topic of the show. Yeah, it's time for topic of the show. It's kind of funny. I didn't usually. I shouldn't have said it the first time, but that, <laughs> it's that fine. being said, uh, which by the way, I did we like. Did we ever really decide that we were going to intro it that way? Or is it something that just kind of happened? I feel like it just kind of happened. You right? started it and I followed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that just sort of just played itself out. But yes, topic of the show for this week, we're going to be talking about uh, the 2021 hype train. So for this is our, like our, our, our yearly tradition at the beginning of the year. Now, I know we're in late January, but at the beginning of the year, we talk about our most anticipated games or events that we are foreseeing and like are just most excited for for the year. So we each brought a list of, I believe, was it five things, right? Of yes. uh, things that we were looking forward to. Now, I have a list of 10 things. I have, Interesting. My, my, top, I have my top three already ready to go. But my number four and five is is kind of up in the air, and I'm going to make it up as I go. But mm-hmm. everything else that – the five other things that don't make it will be my honorable mentions at the end. 
Okay, so, so you sounds good. So you want to give honorable mentions at the end? Because uh, yeah. I was going to say, maybe we could do those in the beginning um, and then get to our top five. Although I, I don't, don't have mine ranked. I don't know if I want to do honorable mentions at the beginning because they could be things that you have that I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So let me just say that I have five games here that I'm excited for, um, but that I can't, re- I, I couldn't really figure out how to rank them. Um, so I'm going to read mine kind of in no particular, particular order. order. Yeah. Okay. Or you know what? I'll do, um, I'll do, um, or alphabetical order. That, that's okay. what I'm going to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So go ahead and start us off first. Maybe I can just like just strike one of my, my honorable mentions out right now. Oh, okay. So I'm going to start with one that, um, it's kind of a weird pick. So I don't think this, this particular one is going to be on your, uh, on your honorable mentions, but this okay. is a game called 12 minutes. Do you remember this game, Louis? Yes, I remember this game. This game is like six years old. Like, I know, I know for a fact that we. This is the second time we're name dropping. Kind of funny, but that guy brought his demo to Kind of Funny a long time ago, mm-hmm. and this game has never seen the light of day. And I was so intrigued by the demo. Um, you know, it's. Uh, we. I feel like we saw it on a few of the events last year. Uh, you know, when during Summer of Gaming, we had all of those different showcases mm-hmm. and etc. I feel like it I was remember even seeing E three twenty nineteen as well. By the way, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. A new trailer of that game. And I just think, I mean, it looks cool. It's a cool concept. I, I wanted to give a shout out to a nice little uh, indie weird experimental uh, project on, on, on my anticipated games. Because really, a lot of times, those are the games that I end up actually playing and, and finishing. You know, I, I always start a lot of the AAA stuff and then I, I drop them two or three hours in. Um, so I think this is a game that whenever it does come out, if it does come out this year, which is later to come out this year, mm-hmm. um, I think I will actually, you know, play through it and uh, and see it through. So I'm pretty excited for it. I think it looks pretty cool and unique. It's developed by a guy named Luis Antonio and is being published by Annapurna Interactive. I am also looking forward to that game. Uh, I did almost consider that as one of my, uh, my one of my most anticipated as well, but then I completely overlooked it when I realized that I've been you know looking forward to that game for years now. So <laughs> I'm not gonna look forward to it until it's you know days away from releasing or something like that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't want to have my heart broken again another year. So I, I assume Metroid Prime 4 is not on your list then? Nope. <laughs> because right. I don't believe that's coming out this year. Uh, number f- My number five pick here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call an audible here and say that it's going to be It Takes Two, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Joseph Ferris new joint that's coming out uh, later this year. I'm very much looking forward to it because obviously we've given the 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 seal of approval to all the Joseph Ferris games thus far, uh, the Ready Press Play seal of approval, and uh, I'm assuming that we're going to be making content out of this. We're going to be doing a Twitch stream. We're going to do a spoiler cast. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be one of those situations where, um, by the way, like my top five that I think is going to be my top five, I am pretty sure I will be playing the game this year and finishing it this year. So that's... Mm-hmm definitely in the list cool yeah no i'm very excited for that game as well in fact that one is one of my five too um so maybe i should have done reverse (laughs) if i had done reverse alphabetical order then i would have gotten to it first uh but yeah dude like i've we've talked enough praise about uh, joseph ferris and his games over here uh brothers is excellent a way out was so much fun such a good time playing it together uh and having another co-op game from him i'm i'm just very excited to see what it's like it looks very different you know it's very whimsical and more fantasy it's not really going for the a way out more like action movie style at all but i'm just excited to see what it's like and and how how he's going to surprise us this time because because there's definitely going to be something that we don't see coming all right 
Damn. All right. So um, I'm just going to cross It Takes Two kind of off the list because I don't want to bring it up again. Um, and then I'm going to go on to a, to a third pick here. Back for Blood. Um, yes. This is the game being developed by Turtle Rock Studios, the guys who developed Left for Dead 1 and 2. Um, actually, is it? Did they do 1 and 2? I think so. Yeah. And we're just playing this game this year. You know, it was Lewis's first time playing. We played it together. And it's just, you know, the game is just fun. It's just fun to play with your friends. Um, there's nothing super revolutionary about it, but it's just, it's just a good time to play with a group and go through hordes of zombies and, you know, they're, they can get pretty creative with some of the scenarios and the things that you got to go through. So it's pretty, obviously I'm just talking about Left 4 Dead, <laughs> but Left 4 Dead is so good that it's going to be nice to see an evolution of that. Um, you know, 10 years after the, after Left 4 Dead 2 has come out, um, more or less, I don't remember the exact date. It's going to be nice to see something that's that's an evolution of that that has next gen uh graphics and and some cool new ideas as well because with the trailer we got to see this huge ass um boss zombie and then and then everybody getting together to try to kill them so i think you know once again this is the kind of game that we're we're probably going to want to do some some streams with and and i think yes. it's going to be a lot of fun most definitely we will by the way that game was also in my top five uh and i was like yes at the beginning nice. when I said it. <laughs> Because I can yeet it off my list and bring it in my one of my honorable mentions. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so having that one taken off the list, this gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, bring in out of out of my uh, my list here. I'm gonna bring in Prince of Persia in uh, to the top five here. Oh um, really? I well I, I I'm reacting that way because I forgot that that was even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it was supposed right. to come out this month originally, but now it's got pushed to March. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, I played the game on the PS. I, I one of the very few games that I actually played and beat back in the day. Back in the day on the PS2, it was really good. I really liked it. I even watched the crappy uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia movie. By the way, oh, I did too. Didn't, <laughs> didn't think it was that bad to tell you the truth. But I, I think I liked it when I watched it. But when did that? When did that come out again? Two thousand and eight. Okay, I would have been fourteen, you know. So uh, for for fourteen year old me, that was that was a good movie. Yeah, no, I know. I think it was. I think it was all right. I think um, I don't think it holds up. I don't if I were to, but I didn't really get offended by watching the movie. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I really am looking forward to it because it's a full on remake, and they basically uh, modernized the game with like the the new engine and the new look and everything and the cool combat sequence and stuff. It's basically um, it's basically. Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed, like the original Assassin's Creed mm -hmm. games, uh, but with a very linear storytelling and cool and cool graphics and stuff. So uh, I think if it wasn't for the Assassin's Creed franchise, we would have still been getting new uh, new entries in the Prince of Persia games. And I hope that this game is successful enough to warrant a new sequel in the series. Cool beans. Well, my next one is the game Gotham Knights, uh, being developed by uh, WB Montreal. Because um, yeah, because Rocksteady is doing the Suicide Squad one. I, I think this game looked really cool. Um, I, I'm i a big fan of the Batman trilogy of games, even though I never fully played through uh, Arkham Asylum, which was the first one. But I, I finished City and I finished Night, and, and I and I like both of them a lot. I, I especially really like Night, which I think is it's kind of the, the game that, that got the most crap because of the... the tank missions as, as they were called where you know the the batmobile will, will turn into the tank and you just had to mull through waves and waves of enemies um those were you know a, a little bit tedious but i didn't think they really for me they didn't take away from the rest of the game which was pretty fantastic um so i'm excited to see i know it's a different team but you know it's another game that's kind of set within that uh you know the matman universe and it has a very similar style i, I 
probably running in in the same engine and it has the multiplayer aspect to it too which i wonder whether that's going to make the game you know more fun and interesting or whether it's going to be to the to its detriment um so you know we still got a lot to see for this game and i don't know um you know i don't even know for sure if it's going to end up coming out this year still um and i don't know when we see more of it whether i'm still going to be as excited as i am right now but right now is definitely top five material for me just because you know with city and night i made a point to to buy them around the time they came came out and then I actually played through them and beat them and, and had such a good time. So I'm excited to get another uh, cool Batman game. And I, I just think the characters uh, are pretty look pretty cool too. Okay. That was uh, Gotham Knights was one of my honorable mentions, by the way. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't really like consider it for the top five simply because like, uh, like I really, I haven't played any of like the Batman Arkham games like at all. I own them all, never mm-hmm. actually played them. So I kind of want to, you know, they're I very I, good. Yeah, I kind of want to play those games first, so I didn't know if I was going to have time for that this year. I actually wanted to do Arkham Asylum as one of our, like, spoiler cast games, because that's mm. the only one, I mean, other than Origins, which is, like, the, the one that's kind of, like, separate, but I it's the only one that I've never really beat, so I think it would be cool, um, especially because it's also the shortest one and mm-hmm. the first one, for us to do that as one of our uh, spoiler cast maybe this year. Yeah, that that would be good. That would be fun. Plus, I actually I think I don't even have to play the the, the Arkham games for 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 Gotham Knights because my understanding is that it's its own separate universe. I don't think it's set in the in the in the Arkham universe. Is my understanding of the situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's a good pick though, nonetheless. All right, my number three pick is Halo Infinite. Now, I'm not big on Halo. Obviously, we we just I just had my my real first introduction to the series when we were playing like the Master Chief Collection on the streams and everything, but I, I kind of feel like I missed out, you know, like I remember during when I was in high school and like Halos 2 and 3 were coming out and and I remember like the big chatter about how it broke sales records back in the day and everything. And like, I remember, I know how big my cousin is on like, you know, how big he is on Halo and stuff like that and how much it's like, oh my God, it's so awesome. The story, man, and everything like <laughs> I am, I am very much hyped for Halo Infinite in the sense that. I feel like I can be a part of the quote unquote conversation this time on this, this cycle, this hype cycle. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that aspect of being part of a zeitgeist. So I hope that this game does deliver. Um, I will, we will be playing the halo games, maybe part of ready press play spoiler cast. I don't know, but presumably mm-hmm. I'll be playing. I'll have plenty of time to play with halos one through five to get in, get, uh, get in line for halo six. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's dude. my, that's my next one too. So I'm just gonna take it take it from there because that that would be my fifth pick. Um, and yeah, I'm on the same boat as you where I I also missed out on Halo. I wasn't really part of the conversation or whatever. I wasn't playing the games as they were coming out. I remember when Halo Four came out and I had this friend who was really into it and I went to hang out at his house for a while and I, uh, we played it together for not even like multiplayer, but you know, I was playing through the story with him next to me and and he was just. I know Halo 4 for a lot of the fans is not one of their favorites but he was just so in love with the with the visuals of the game and everything and and talking about it as I was playing through um and I I like to kind of like share into the his excitement for the game a little bit uh while I was doing that and then now that you know we're playing through uh Halo 1 which uh, we're we're hopefully going to be finishing together soon um and and the idea of having the time to go through the Master Chief collection and play some of these other games and and kind of really get ingrained into the into the Halo universe I like the idea of finally being there day 1 uh for a new release in the in the franchise and actually as, as you as you put it right being being part of that conversation being part of that hype um, of actually playing the game with everybody else as they're playing it and, and, and experiencing it. And I'm really hoping that this is like the best Halo, right? That this is the, 
the return to uh to, to graces yes. with the fans and that brings in a new audience as well like us but you know we'll see um yeah. i've said it once and i'll say it again if halo infinite isn't the best halo to ever halo it is a failure <laughs> i think that's uh that is uh not fair and i will i will meet you on that but that's the expectation you have to come with at this point especially yeah. because they've already said pre-release that this is going to be the halo for the entire generation so you have to be the good you have to be the best like straight up so true all right my next one here my number two most anticipated uh thing that i got going on for gaming is god of war ragnarok now oh. hear me out mm-hmm uh, I I am actually almost didn't put it on the list because I don't think for a second that it's coming out in 2021. They are still saying it is, so I only will put it on the list because it's still technically a 2021 title. But here's the thing. I don't think we're going to see a situation where both uh, Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok both drop in the same year. Yeah. So that would like between, that, that would be almost like as crazy as uh Zelda and Breath, Mario dropping yeah, in the Breath same of the year. Yeah, Breath and Odyssey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They I think they I think uh, Sony would want to sort of separate the two, but also at the same time if if like if Horizon Forbidden West comes out in like June or July, then maybe you can talk about it because then be like months apart. So you have a big summer title and a big holiday title. Um and also both of them are console pushers as well, but also to be fair, PS5 doesn't really need console pushers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're doing full plenty five on their own, but but either way, um, I between those two titles, between like you know Horizon and God of War, I am one hundred percent gonna be looking forward to more uh, God of War because I played the twenty eighteen game to completion, you know, and yeah. I didn't even touch Horizon um, uh, Zero uh, Zero Dawn, is it? Mm-hmm. Or, yes. I didn't even touch Horizon Horizon because I oh, I bought it and I kept it sort of like in the shrink wrap so yeah i'm on the same boat as you where i did play horizon for a bit but i i never finished it i don't think i even got you know i've I barely got past the tutorial and maybe played a few missions after that and then that was it um but i i did want to bring up that one too as a game that maybe we should play together this year and do a spoiler cast leading up to forbidden west when that's finally coming out which we don't know when that's coming out yet mm-hmm. i so I am more excited for God of War because because that was the game that you know I actually played through and uh, you know the the story is very good especially um, the twist towards the end and it makes it made me really want to w- wonder what's going to happen next and want to see uh, the story of the next game so I'm extremely excited for that too I didn't think to put it in my list I guess because in my head it I, I think of it almost as a 2022 game um, <laughs> even though I mean it's it wouldn't be that crazy if it came out that year because. Um, God of War 2018 in in a few months will be three years old. And if they're reusing assets and maybe, you know, setting the game in the same um, worlds or most of the same worlds as the previous one, I feel like they could have potentially, um, you know, turn around a sequel in in a three to three to three and a half year cycle. Um, But we'll see. We don't we literally do not know anything about the game yet. We do not even know the name because all it said is uh, Ragnarok is coming, but it didn't necessarily say that that's the title of the game. We're just kind of assuming yeah, I do have to disagree on you uh, with you on one thing though, uh, which is when you say that Sony's gonna want to space them out because if you look at Sony's release schedule over the last few years, I feel like they've kind of demonstrated <laughs> that they don't seem to really care. Um, and I say this because they've, you know, after not having a major first first party release in a really long time, they just dropped Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima within a um, month. 
within a month of each other, right? Yeah. Which were the two, like two of the most anticipated uh, first Sony first party titles in a really long time. I mean, we saw The Last of Us Part Two for like three E3s and even Ghost of Tsushima. I remember that E3 where they only showed four games and that they were highly criticized. They One of the games that they showed that E3 was Ghost of Tsushima. And I think it was like 2018. I think it was more of a situation like those games were just done at that time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Sony would have liked to have one of those two games come out that following ho- uh, the prior holiday. Mm-hmm. So that's just me speculating here that it was just more of that that at play than I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just like I know that Nintendo has a history of trying to space out their games and you know yes. pad their releases so that you know they can have something coming out every month or every other month. Um, but I I never felt like Sony does this. I feel history of holding back a release when a yes. game is already done. Like when, when I think Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze could have yeah. came out the, the holiday prior, but they waited deliberately to February just so that way they can have an output like a steadier stream of output. I feel like we literally just talked about that last week, by the way, which is <laughs> <laughs> um, which is why I wasn't bringing it up again. But yeah, it's true. So with Sony, I feel like I get the vibe that when the games are done, they come out and that's it. So I wouldn't necessarily put it past them releasing both of these games within a month of each other again <laughs> Jeez, but, that's terrible i don't we'll know see. i just yeah. i just can't see a situation where like one comes out in october and the other in november you know what i mean yeah i don't uh. know i could <laughs> Here, <laughs> here's the other thing too it's like i remember i think it was the game concrete genie uh which at the end of the day was a you know a sony first party title that they invested on and i think they dropped that game on the same day that they like did the P- first PS5 showcase or something. Um, so like they just buried the game with the new, with the, not that they buried the game, but like the, the news, the news cycle was all about the PS5. And then they released this PS4 game on the same day and nobody's talking about it because of how, <laughs> how it got buried. So I just feel like Sony seems like they're very out of touch uh, with the way that they do like timing um, for ah. things like this, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. All right. So before I get onto my number one pick, by the way, did you uh, have another pick? Um, no, I have some honorable mentions, but I'll get to those later. You can you can give us or uh, number one pick. Yeah, I was gonna give my honorable mentions here uh, before I get to my number one pick. It's uh, Pokemon Snap. Hype, oh yeah. Returnal. Uh, not. I don't know if I want to necessarily put that as like one of my contenders and stuff because it is a horror game. But it, the trailer was that trailer slapped. So. Uh, I just put it on there just because of the hype of the trailer. And then my third honorable mention is the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Okay. So, uh, um, but my number one most wait, really, quick, really quick. Oh, um, yeah. I got some honorable mentions as well. Go um, for it. So my honorable mentions are Ghostwire Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, which that's uh, the horror game that we saw uh, a few times. Um, and that, you know, we haven't seen really what the gameplay is like, but uh, it just looks interesting, like the, the setting of it and the, and the style. So I'm excited to see what that game actually is. Uh, Psychonauts 2. Now, here's the interesting thing. I never played the original Psychonauts. I want to try to make a point to play it sometime this year. Uh, but I saw a demo of Psychonauts 2, I think, a year ago. And it looked really cool um, and, and just weird as shit. But it looked like something that I would have a good t- a fun time playing. So I definitely, I'm definitely kind of looking ahead and uh, forward to that one. Uh, and then Resident Evil Village, which we talked a lot about uh, last week. I'm not typically a Resident Evil guy but i thought four was pretty good um and i'm willing to give this one a shot i think it looks like it's trying to do some new stuff um and i want to see how that turns out um now i did not put any nintendo stuff in uh in my list or honorable mentions mostly because i i we i feel like we don't even know (laughs) we don't even (laughs) know like much much of what they're doing it feels like there's a lot of unknowns uh so because of that i didn't do that but 
I know that um, your number one is going to be a Nintendo game, so give it to me. God, you're, you know me so well. Um, <laughs> my number one most anticipated gaming thing of this year is actually the Nintendo Switch Pro. Mm. I think it's coming this year. I think it's going to be a holiday thing. I'm still be I'm still on team Nintendo Switch Pro. I think it should have came out last year to tell you the truth, but you know whatever. Um, I'm my prediction was that that's going to be a 1080 uh, 1080p screen with like a 4K dock that like does AI upscaling. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I am like 100% ready to throw down for that pre-order. Um, and I am 100% on on board with uh, the idea that there's going to be a launch title, like a killer app that launches alongside of it day and date. So that launch title is probably going to be uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel, uh, presumably. But I can also see a situation where they're going to like, you know, maybe delay uh, Breath of the Wild sequel to like the following, like next spring, like in 2022. And then they'll like launch uh, the Mario Odyssey sequel this year instead. I don't think we're going to get a 20, 2017 situation where both games come out in the same calendar year. Uh, so I think they're going to choose one or the one over the other. Uh, mm-hmm. More likely Breath of the Wild because I think it would be more of a technical showpiece, uh, more so than a Mario game. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, um, I, I think that's that's a, that's that's a fair thing and it makes sense. I, I keep I don't know why I just feel so skeptical about the, the Switch Pro stuff because I just feel like <laughs> There's, I feel like there's no need for it. Like Nintendo, they're still selling gangbusters. Like they're, you know, they're dominating the Japanese market. They're, you know, they're still at full price, like three years in or almost four years in uh, with the same console. And, you know, the new next gen consoles came out and people are still buying the Switch like crazy. I think they're going to continue to buy the Switch like crazy. I'm not saying they, they couldn't make even more money uh, with a new Switch, but I just don't know if that's where their mind is at. Like knowing Nintendo and knowing like they're just so out of whack. They like they play by their own rules. They do weird shit. Um, I don't necessarily I think, know. I think the Switch Pro is necessary in my head simply because you're going to need parity. Uh, you're going to need to get these third party releases and stuff like that. Um, and I think with more RAM and more like headroom for like processing power, you can basically get these uh, these these uh, third party releases and stuff out on the on the Switch Pro. I think. Um, besides, I, I think with most of these games that are developed for the Switch are developed with like uh, scaling uh, resolutions and stuff like that, where like it's constantly like changing the resolution on the fly for resources. But then, like you know, things like The Witcher Three goes to like five seventy six p and stuff like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Now you get a situation where you get a Switch Pro and you get that same game and now you can, it doesn't have to hit those lower resolutions. It can hit the target resolution like it should. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I could see that happening, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't even know if they could do a Switch Pro that could run um, games that are going to be running on the PS5 and the Series X. So I, I almost feel like it's kind of a losing battle. I mean, just think about how big the PS5 <laughs> is, right? Um, like, can you even get half of the hardware in a in a form factor that's the size of the switch like the switch is basically the size of a phone when you remove the when, when you remove the joy cons so i don't really know if it's a if it's a route worth pursuing i almost kind of feel like nintendo might just be like well you know people are buying the console for indies and or in our first party games so let's just keep going with that i mean be honest Lewis, when was the first when was the last time that you played a a big third party game on, on your switch i would never play a game like the doom port on yeah. the switch you know, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not I'm saying. I'm happy it's there. Yeah, I'm I mean, I, I'm happy it's there too, and I'm sure there's people that are playing it. You know, we we always forget. I, I feel like a lot of. I shouldn't say we. A lot of other podcasts that I listen to forget that there's plenty of people out there that can only afford one console. There's plenty of kids that 
you know, they'll get the one console of the like for a whole generation and that's it, right? Yeah. Their parents are not going to give them anything else. So, for instance, you know, my uh, I have a cousin, his name's Luca, and, and he's had um, plenty of uh, plenty of consoles before, but there was a time frame where the Wii U was his only console. Um, and for, you know, for a few years, like he held on to those random releases, like, you know, the Assassin's Creed's and then the Call of Duties that came out on the Wii U because he, he wanted to play those games. And that was the only way that he really had to, to play those games. So there are people like that out there. You know, there are people that only have a switch and that when they're able to put doom and, and the Witcher on, on, on the console, that's great for them. Um, but I don't know. I just don't know if it's, uh, a big enough portion of the, of the market, if there's an, an enough of a number, a big enough number of those people uh, to justify being a concern to uh, to Nintendo, I don't know. <laughs> well, I just to finish my point. I just I guess there's part of me that just still feels like it's more likely that Nintendo will do something odd, like oh here's the Switch X, you can uh, crack it in half and then put it in your pockets and go work out or something, um, <laughs> than than to just like do a here's the Switch Pro. Mm. Interesting. All right. Well. Uh, we'll see who's right at the end of the year, but I'm still <laughs> yeah. I'm still calling it my most anticipated thing. Even mm-hmm. even if that wasn't even if the Switch Pro doesn't come out, the second half of my prediction is still going to come out uh, to be true. Either we're getting a Mario game or a Zelda game this year, so yeah. Fair enough. All right, well, uh, Dan. I believe it is now your time to take over the show. What are you buying? All right, so let's go through our new releases. Starting with January 29th, when this episode is dropping, we got Bonkies coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, as well as God's Will Fall. This is the game that I shouted out um, a few weeks ago where I said that, you know, Godfall just came out on the PS5 and then there was another <laughs> game that had a similar name. It's called God's Will Fall, not to be confused with Godfall, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. Then Control is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X and S on February 2nd. On the same day, Destruction All-Stars, which I believe is an exclusive second-party game, is coming out on the PS5. Pile on the Destruction from behind the wheel or on foot and the global phenomenon that is Destruction All-Stars. Stars and Cars Collide. Dominate the glittering global phenomenon of Destruction All-Stars, the spectacular prime-time sport for dangerous drivers. Master the art of intense vehicle-based combat through timing, tactics, and skill to cause colossal amounts of damage, destruction, and devastation in, in vibrant arenas across the globe. Now, this is Dan, the game. I just gotta say, it's a little bit presumptuous for this game to be calling itself a global phenomenon when it hasn't even released a game in, its, in the franchise. Yeah, but. that is a little weird, and it, it's also like I don't know what Sony's trying to do with this game. It's almost like they're trying to go for that Rocket League crowd potentially, um, but at the same time, I find it weird that it's just this new IP with a weird <laughs> name that's not very. I don't know. To me, it's not descriptive. Yeah. Very descriptive and. Um, and they, when they have things like, you know, like Twisted Metal and... Um, oh, yeah. They, like, I wonder if it wouldn't have been better for them to kind of reskin this with a Twisted Metal skin and call it a Twisted Metal game instead. Um, Plus, uh, the word All-Stars kind of makes me feel like it's a failure because I associate it with PlayStation All-Stars. That's that, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> just finishing off our releases here, we got Blue Fire coming out on Switch and PC on February 4th. And on the same day, Werewolf the Apocalypse... Earthblood is coming out on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, obviously, the pick of the week is going to be Destruction All-Stars. Or Control Next Gen. Um, Control, which, by the way, is available on Xbox Game Pass, so I might you know, download the upgrade um, to my Xbox. Although I think I probably want to play some other games first, like the Medium and yeah. um, some other stuff. Okay. Got a selection of 
Good things on sale, stranger. All right, time for our Broke Gamer's Guide. So we got a few updates for you here today. Um, let's start with the free games on the Epic Game Store. Dundara Trials of Fear Edition is going to be free now until February 4th. And from February 4th until February 11th, a game called For the King is going to be the free title. Now for Dundara, it is in a bizarre universe where the oppressed are on the brink of oblivion. Dundara has awoken to reshape the world. Welcome to a unique 2D Metroidvania platformer full of mystical creatures and boundless exploration. Um, it kind of looks like... Yeah, I was going to say, this video looks like Celeste. Straight yeah, up. yeah, it's kind of like a Celeste a little bit. Um, I feel like the, the color scheme makes me think of uh, Super Metroid, and it's, 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 it's one of those. Um, it's got a very interesting movement system going on and some cool like little like uh, rotating worlds and stuff. So at least it's at least it's unique. I will say that. So uh, this yeah. might be worth a checkout, especially since it's free on uh, Epic Game Store. We were just talking about Destruction All Stars as well as Control. Well, both of these games are going to be free for PlayStation Plus subscribers in the month of February. We got Destruction All Stars as the free PS5 game. This is one of those situations where the game is coming out and it's going to be free immediately as it comes out. Um, then on the PS4, Concrete Genie, which is the first party title we we're also talking about earlier in the show, uh, it's going to be available on the PS4. Um, that, that's a good one that I might want to check out on the PS4. Um, and then Control Ultimate Edition, uh, which is the upgraded version, will be available on PS4 and PS5. Um, Just got to say that this is month is a banger yeah, uh, when this it is, comes to like these releases. This is one of the best PlayStation Plus uh, months that they've had in a while. I mean, imagine if the, the Life Gold uh, price increase had gone out <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then they announced this. And then, like, um, Sony's like, here, look at these quality titles and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm going to go into the PlayStation app and redeem Destruction All-Stars for the day that I have the PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. uh, I already have Concrete Genie because I bought it on sale during a holiday sale last year. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Control. Oh, my God. I'm going to I'm gonna want to play Control on, on my PS5. I don't think I'm going to redeem it, but I'm not going to play it. I'm going to wait for it on next gen. It's interesting that Control is now going to be free for both, you know, um subscribers on the playstation um ecosystem as well as on the xbox side because it's on game pass as well um i definitely want to play concrete genie probably will play that on my ps4 sometime this year now that i'm getting it for free and i want to make a prediction about destruction all stars lewis i bet this game is going to be free to play within a year mm, i can see it i can see it i i mean i think this is a situation where like i don't think the ps5 has enough install base to warrant a release like a destruction all-stars so putting out for ps plus plus is the only way to sort of ensure that you're going to have a online community so that's true that's true um now going on to games with gold which is also not having a bad month uh from february 1st to february 28th you can get um resident evil actually let me get the full title here um you can get the original Resident Evil, uh, which is valued at 20 bucks. Uh, on the same date, the time frame, February 1st, till the end of the month, you can get Gears 5. Then on February 16th to March 15th, you can get the Dundara Trials of Fear Edition, which is the same game that's now free on the Epic Game Store. Nice. In Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb will be available February 1st to 15th. Interesting that they're giving away an Indiana Jones game when a new Indiana Jones uh, game was just announced. Um hmm which we're probably not going to see for a few years. And then Lost Planet 2 will be available February 16th to February 28th. So I think this is a pretty solid month as well uh, for they're Xbox giving, Live Gold. They're giving away a whole extra game. They normally give away only four. So I don't mm -hmm. know why. 
But uh, yeah, Gears 5 did get a next-gen patch, so you can play like the multiplayer at 120 frames per second if you have a TV that supports that mode. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty good win. I've I've uh, I, I I I've been collecting all the games with gold games and stuff, but I don't have every single Gears game. So I need Xbox to get on it. So I have <laughs> I want Gears one through five, and I think I have like two and three, and now five or something. Well, like that. they're all on Game Pass. So if you get Game Pass, then you don't have you, you don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> I know I'm on the games with gold train or boat, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. For our final uh, shout out here, um, GameStop is doing, and this is the interesting thing, you know, I always look at these um, deal aggregator pages where, you know, they, they'll have a lot of different deals that are going on and see if there's anything interesting to bring up in the podcast. This is a very different one than the things that we typically bring in, but I, I, I wanted to give it a shout out anyway. There are some pretty good deals on action figures on GameStop right now. Uh, so, for instance, you can get a Cyberpunk Johnny Silverhand statue that's normally valued $50 for $35. Um, they got a lot of anime stuff as well. Uh, we got an Assassin's Creed Valhalla statue that's normally $70 bucks for $48.99. Um, lots of Dragon Ball Z stuff. Um, we got uh, the child from The Mandalorian. So, not just video game related, but also, you know, general pop culture related. Uh, there's some pretty cool ones. So I, I like collecting uh, figures. I don't buy them very often, but I've, I've gotten some as gifts sometimes. And I want to keep adding to my, you know, the the decoration of uh, of my place with things like that. So I actually think I might want to go and uh, pick some of those, uh, pick up some of those. That Thor Infinity War uh, statue looks pretty dope, by the way. Uh, Which... Which, by the way, on this subject, I just remember some things that I wanted to have brought up here uh, before. Uh, number one, I saw at a store uh, in the beginning of this year, Avengers, the collector's edition of Avengers for uh, the Xbox One that normally retails for $200 was $100. And I was this close to buying it and I should have bought it because it wasn't available for that price anymore. It was at a Best Buy. Hmm. They had the collector's edition of Avengers, which included this really cool Captain America statue. Um, as well as like all these, I think they had like a Taurus hammer and then it was like an item for each of the different heroes. Um, and I wanted to have bought it even though I already owned the game because I felt like just the collectibles alone were worth a hundred bucks. I didn't want to put in 200 bucks, but a hundred bucks was worth it. And then on the same day I, or the next day I, w- I went to a GameStop and then in the GameStop, I saw that they were selling just the Captain America figure uh from that uh collector's edition for like 180 dollars jesus <laughs> yeah oh my god so um that was a pretty good deal that i missed and then the other thing too is uh last year we kept covering that fire emblem uh special thing that nintendo was doing um where they re-released the original fire emblem and they had like a 50 dollar collector edition for it mm-hmm. and i kept saying i want to pick that up but i keep forgetting that it even exists <laughs> <laughs> um i wanted to say that i did pick it up uh and that although i have not played the game yet the collectibles are rad it's like it has this pretty cool book and a few other things so pretty nice uh, a pretty nice um collectible to get for 50 dollars okay nice next it'll sit next so it'll, it'll sit well next to your your last of us two collector's edition Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah, Lewis, this is uh this is it for our deals here today. So uh, feel free to take us home. Okay. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. I'm on Twitter at chakalaka88 and Dan. At the Dan Lima. So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. Peace. Bye-bye.